This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. Indoor theaters and music venues opened back up in England on Saturday with social distance rules in place. They were supposed to reopen on August 1st, but that date was moved back by the government. To hear what this will look like and how it will impact the music industry is Mark David. He's founder of Music Venues Trust, and he joins me now. Hello, Mark. Hi, Emily. So before we start talking about the restrictions lifting around music venues, I'm just curious, how has coronavirus impacted music venues in general in England so far? Well, it's been pretty catastrophic. Obviously, we've all been closed since the 20th of March officially. But even before that, frankly, business was down already. The audiences weren't coming because they were very worried. There's been no gigs at all inside uh, ever since then. So we've finally seen some activity in terms of the threat to the overall sector. We estimate that 93%, believe it or not, of all the music venues in the UK are under threat of permanent closure at the moment. And we're working very hard to try and avert that being the outcome. Wow. But it looks like, you know, I know that in the US, you know, music venues are are really worried about also closing down. But I also understand that the government in the UK gave what's the equivalent to $2 billion towards arts and culture a few weeks ago. How much will that money help save music venues? We are expecting some of it to reach into grassroots music venues um, and to support some of the live sector. Uh, We don't know how much yet. It is a competitive bidding process, but there's some confidence in that. There's also been some money released early into grassroots music venues themselves because they were at such threat of closing down. So we as an organization managed to persuade the government to put in roughly, uh, I'm going to do the maths, about $2 million. um, and that's gone in straight away to prevent urgent closures. But that money is intended to get them to the point where the, the bigger money you just discussed is being released. But the situation is very, very stressful. Um, lots of people are very anxious. We have people who live in their venues, so they're actually at risk of becoming homeless. Um, yeah, it's a very serious situation. And so when you say that, you know, 93% of venues or so are at risk of closure, I mean, what are the risks at place and, and what else needs to be done in order to really save the venues? The biggest risk is actually most of our venues are tenants. They, they rent their premises. They don't own them. So they're being asked to pay out the rent to the landlord, but they, they literally have no income at all. We also have lots of other ongoing costs. There's a lot of worries about uh, how the sector will keep some of its skills and knowledge. You know, we have people who haven't been paid since March. Um, They've received no government assistance because of the particular way that they work. So there's a whole concern around the whole sector. It's a very difficult situation. I think you'll find it's exactly the same for the venues there in the US and frankly, all the way around the world. What are your thoughts on music venues now having the ability to reopen, you know, with with the government saying it's okay now? Well, the, the government probably says a lot of things, if I'm honest. Um, you know, it, it's it's okay for me to take a short trip to Mars if I can just find a rocket to get me there. But that doesn't mean that I've actually got the ability to do it. But the really big challenge is this is not commercially viable in any way, shape or form. Venues are operating at roughly 30% capacity. Everybody has to be seated. Drinks are only brought to the table. There are massive additional costs in, in meeting the health and safety demands of managing the virus. And frankly, the kind of music you can program is also very limited. We're not going to see any hardcore punk gigs. It's going to be a lot of folk and jazz and singer-songwriters with acoustic guitars, which is, that's not a bad thing. It's great to see some live music, but we're really not going back to anything that looks slightly like normal. 
Yeah, because I, I know that, you know, before the government, you know, said, OK, I think we can open venues August 1st, they did a pilot program with the London Symphony, you know, which is a very different type of performance where people have dedicated seats and they're sitting down the whole time and they aren't, you know, walking over to the bar. So how did that pilot program work a little bit? Well, there's there's only been one pilot in a in a grassroots music venue, and even that was in a slightly larger one. It was at the Clapham Grand, which is twelve hundred capacity. They managed to get two hundred people in seated. It was for Frank Turner. Um, he, he performed with just an acoustic guitar. I think artists definitely want to get back to work, and and we understand the reasons for that, and we want to support them to do that. And we know that crew, the production crew, the sound, the lighting, desperately need to get back to work. They've had no support, so we are as a sector going to do whatever we can to create those opportunities for them to work. But this will need some public subsidy for this to carry on. You know, one-off shows are fine. Everybody's kind of almost playing with it to see what's possible. But we already know from the one pilot that took place. This is not the same event, and it does lose very substantially amounts of money on every show. So basically having a show at this point with, I think you said, 30% capacity, you're losing money in order to put on a show? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a weird situation to be in. I mean, we, we operate in what you might loosely call the commercial music sector. There is a publicly funded music sector, which is traditionally, you know, ballet, opera, classical music, where we're used to having subsidies from philanthropists or from government for the next six to nine months. If, if the government in the UK wants there to be shows, this market, the current commercial market will have to go into that publicly funded sector. It will have to receive financial support for each show that's happening. There simply isn't the money there to make this work in any way, shape or form. Yeah, and I had mentioned, you know, that that the government gave, you know, what's the equivalent of $2 billion, but that's for the whole arts and culture kind of sector in the UK. Have you received any other type of assistance thus far? Well, we, we've been very lucky. I mean, we as an organization actually have been running a public campaign to try and prevent music venues from closing down. And so far, that's raised uh, around about $3 million from the public, which has all gone into venues and preventing their closures. There's been some assistance from government, which has been more general, but we're now moving into a period where the live music sector certainly, and in fact, most of the arts and culture sector are the last sector that's being allowed to open. There are some good public health reasons for that. We've, we've done a lot of work with Public Health England, the main scientific advisors here, and that reveals that there are four things, four factors that affect live music particularly that are considered to be high risk. And that's being in a confined space is high risk. Being close to someone else is high risk. Singing and dancing are both high risk. Those four things are what happens in a grassroots music venue by the audience. So it's quite plain that we're going to be opening later than anybody else. And that will need some sort of specific government investment. So there's this cultural fund but for there to be shows happening, which I think everybody would like to see, to get artists and crew back to work, we're going to need to see more money again. Yeah. Have you heard if any like outdoor music festivals are happening in, in England this summer? We don't have any festivals that are happening, but we do have some some bigger events and we have some outdoor events. And in fact, some of the, the events that you'll see happening in England will be outdoor events that are taking place in the garden or the car park of an existing music venue. So people are trying to do things. We want to see culture back up and running. We want to hear live music. It, it's just very problematic at the moment. And I think 
we're, we're doing a lot of work around what else could be done rather than standing a long way away from people keeping seated and not enjoying it. <laughs> you know, what we need to think is about testing, tracing, tracking. Um, there's some work being done on ventilation, which we're, we're interested in. So there's a lot of other things need to happen. We do need a clear plan of how to get out of this. Knowing what you know now, and I know a lot of things can change between now and the future, but if you look a year down the road, two years down the road, how do you think the coronavirus will have impacted England's music industry as a whole? It's going to be very, very challenging to get back where we were. I mean, we'd, we'd finally emerged from what we call the digital years where, you know, streaming and, and the, the internet had undermined recorded sales. We'd finally seen recorded sales rise back up again. But the, the truth is that this is impacting every single sector of the music industry. The live sector is completely wiped out at the moment. We don't think even if we went back to normal tomorrow, the live sector would not recover immediately. It's going to take some time. If this goes on into the beginning of next year or even until March next year, as some people are saying in the UK, then frankly, we may take several years to recover to anything like we were before. The music industry in, in England is is I think it's the second or third most important in the world or the largest in the world. We're very jealous of you having the first position over there, but you know, we're we're a, we're a smaller nation. We punch way above our weight and the number of people who work in this industry is huge. The rollout from the work that we do is is extraordinary. You know, it, it's a, it's a tough situation. That's the that's the that's the best answer I can give you. And I I think it's not going to recover very quickly at all. Something else that was on my radar, you know, before coronavirus really hit, was was this idea of of Brexit starting to happening and wondering how just Brexit was going to impact England's you know music industry in terms of the ability for folks to travel. And maybe that's just totally not relevant at this point in time. But I'm curious, you know, before all this happened, how Brexit might have impacted or or will impact the music industry. I'm afraid entirely negatively. There is no positive from Brexit whatsoever. I liken the, this year to imagine that you're drowning in a lake and the, the government turns up and they're going to put their foot on your head to make it even more difficult for you. That's what Brexit's going to be at the end of this year. It's It massively affects our ability to export music. There are no proper plans in place for, for that to continue the way we've done it before. We're losing access to markets that we are traditionally dominant in, and the whole thing is a bit of a uh, an adventure into nothing, frankly. It's in the entire sector that I, I work with, which is several thousand people, I probably know two people who think that it might be okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It, it really, it's, it's the strangest thing that I think anybody's ever embarked upon. Yeah, because before it seems like, you know, there was a lot of partnerships. Folks could travel freely in between countries and perform. And now there's probably going to be a lot more restrictions for touring. There's, there's going to be the visa situation that we have between the US and UK, only without an actual structure to do that in place yet. We don't really know what that's going to look like. Well, man, this has been a very uplifting conversation, Mark. <laughs> well, thanks for being candid with us um, and talking about, you know, what life is like in England amid coronavirus. Again, I've been speaking with Mark David of Music Venues Trust about England allowing music venues to open. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Emily. And I'm sorry it was so depressing. But I mean, you know, there will be live music in England. There'll be some. That's a step forward. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have the means, please consider giving a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org slash sound to support this show. Thanks so much for listening.